Welcome to Book Bistro, where book enthusiasts come to chat about the books they love in a warm and supportive environment. Today is Thursday, August 11th, 2022. This is Shannon, and tonight I am here with Georgina, Stacy, and Brooke, and we are talking about books that are centered around weddings. Um, Natalia was hoping to be here for this because this is like a Natalia dream topic, um, but she was not able to join us. So we are going to get started with the usual housekeeping information. Then Brooke is going to start us off, followed by Georgina, Stacy, and then me. You can find us on Twitter and on Facebook by searching Book Bistro Podcast. You can always post just on the Book Bistro timeline. Some of you have done that. I'm always so happy to see when you've published posts there. You can join our Facebook listener group where you can chat with us as well as with other podcast listeners. You can keep an eye on some of what we're reading. We usually update you each Wednesday with a look at our current reads. If you'd like to get a hold of us and social media is not really your thing, you can email us. That address is thebookbistropodcast at gmail.com. So my first book tonight is The Guest List by Lucy Foley. So this book, the way that it's set up is you have multiple characters and you get, you kind of hear what, you see what's happening from each of their kind of points of view. So in this book, you get the perspective from different characters. And it's a little bit difficult to follow at times because you also jump from like before the wedding, um, and all the things proceeding to that, you see some background from like history um, between the different characters. And then you also get a perspective of like at this time, like so what when it's actually going on. So it can be a little bit confusing, but our main characters, at least the wedding, the bride, her name is Jules and she is... Um, a magazine editor. So she runs a magazine and she's very, she just wants to have like the best wedding ever. She has like everything planned to a T. So everyone better like follow the script or she's very upset. Um, she's planned this wedding, this like destination wedding kind of thing on this remote um, Ireland island. And it's like this it almost looks like an old castle that she's kind of doing the wedding in. And she got, the reason she decided to do it here is because, well, she's going to look great doing it, but also because she was given like a discount. And we, we kind of find out this pretty, pretty easy close on. Um, and she does this and we're getting input from like the wedding planner you get you just to see like what she's having to put up with and 
you're and each of the characters as you meet them you get an idea of like why they're there so not everybody is there um because they're there to be they're they're there for the groom and bride but they have their own reasons for being there and there's also different connections between each of the characters that you learn as you as you read the book so the groom his name is Will and he is like a reality TV star so like we um hear a lot from some of the characters about how he's so like famous and how he looks so great and how he's so it's so wonderful that he's able to do this and you just hear a lot about like how great he is um we also meet his uh school his old school buddies and they're like his ushers and his best band and stuff and they all have they're very much like they never kind of grew up they're still these like preppy boys who play jokes on each other and they all have like little kind of like opinions about each other and there's reasons behind it. And I know I'm like very, very vague on telling all this to you, but I don't want to give anything away. And it's really easy to because of the different connections between all the characters and also the backstories. So I'm going to leave it there. I know it was so vague. I'm so sorry. But I, again, I don't want to spoil anything. So this is The Guest List, and it's by Lucy Foley. So I didn't love this book, but the one thing that really like drew me in in places was the atmosphere. I thought that she did a great job of bringing sort of this remote island to life. I I agree. Like you get this creepy kind of old castle and like yes. there's different spots where it's falling apart. Um, you have like, I think, it is it Cormoran? Like a bird that kind of like makes these kind of creepy noises at different points. My first book that I'm going to talk about is To To Love and to Perish by Steve Higgs. And Felicity Felicity Phillips (laughs) is a wedding planner to the rich and famous. She has one goal in mind which is to wedding plan for the next royal wedding and she is asked to do this wedding but the problem is she's accused of murder while she's planning this wedding and she gets she gets accused by the chief inspector um once she's um told to stay in town all her enemies from school and whoever had a problem with her planning the wedding come out to try to sabotage her um felicity has two pets she has a bulldog who has a complex he thinks he's devil dog he he has a superhero (laughs) thing and so he calls himself devil dog because she has the rare gift of hearing only her pets no one else's but hers and she has a very spoiled um 
I want to say that Amber is a Persian. Ooh. And, uh-huh. Or maybe she's a rag doll and she's very, very spoiled as all cats. And <laughs> so Amber and um, Devil Dog think or Buster. They make this. They make really this book, and they try to help Felicity find who the killer is. Meanwhile, <laughs> while attacking each other and making snide comments, this is um, "To Love and to Perish" by Steve Higgs. Okay, this looks kind of cool. They it they really so cute. I think there's already six books in the series. Um, they really are they really are cute my first book tonight was a delightful surprise every once in a while you come across a book that just feels like the formula for your idea of um, a perfect romance concoction and that's how I felt about the singles table marriage game number I know (laughs) marriage game number three by Sarah Desai and this book is about Zara, who I want to be my best friend. She's very joyous and exuberant and colorful. And she loves musicals. And her dream would actually be um, to be like a Broadway actress, but she is trying to keep her family happy. So she's actually an attorney. Um, Originally, she wanted to be like an entertainment lawyer, but her colorful, over the top, exuberant, joyous personality didn't fit in well at many of the San Francisco Bay Area's more sort of like well-known firms. And so she's working as um, an injury lawyer at at a small firm that hires people who can't get hired anywhere else. And she sort of feels like this is like her last sort of like last ditch effort to be the attorney that her mother always wanted her to be. And she kind of gets her sort of way of her Broadway fix by acting in community theater. So as this book is unfolding, she is um, performing in Pirates of Penzance, Penzance um, community theater production of that. So Zara, um, every summer, she kind of prides herself on being the young woman at the singles table at all the weddings who can matchmake people and get them hooked up. And the first wedding that she attends during the summer season of weddings is for two people that she actually introduced. And now they're getting married and she is part of the wedding party. And one of the activities that they are doing is a paintball extravaganza, which to me doesn't sound super fun, but like no, whatever. No. And so the um, the bridesmaids, um, the, the, the maid of honor is sort of like this bridesmaidzilla And she requires all of the bridesmaids for a paintball war to dress like in these horrifying 80s era, like bridesmaids dresses that, you know, can get ruined. And so she's wearing like this Pepto (laughs) shoulder pads. (laughs) Well, you know, like all the big like butt bows and like poofs and ruffles (laughs) and all the terrible things about the 80s. And so so Zara comes flying onto the paintball field in her like Pepto Bismol pink dress. And she's like, I'm here which right away, you know, obviously (laughs) is so obnoxious and delightful. And she meets at this, uh, this event, 
this very stodgy, serious, uptight rule follower game winner. Like the only thing that matters to him is winning. And his name is Jay. And Jay's part of the wedding party. He might be the best man. And he does not like that Zara is not a rule follower, that she's bright and flashy. And, you know, he's taking this paintball very seriously. He's in full camo. He has a very expensive paintball gun. And his whole goal is to win. And because he's such a stodgy, uptight prick, Zara shoots him in the ass with a paintball. And so that's sort of the start of it, right? And that's sort of the start of their relationship. Well, they keep getting stuck at all these different wedding events at the singles table together. And from enemies, they decide they're going to come up with this thing where she's going to find him his perfect match as he is the CEO of a um, security company that's trying to go international. She's going to find him a match that just wants to go to like some sort of like, you know, dinners with him and every once in a while a nice night together, but nothing serious, but very classy and professional. She'll find him that woman and he will enter, he will introduce her to some of his celebrity clients. So maybe she can get some celebrity clients at her law firm so she can feel like she's doing what she wants to do. Well, as Zara and Jay spend more time together, Jay begins to realize that actually he likes loud, bossy, colorful, flashy, confident women named Zara. And she is actually the one he wants to be his match. While Zara, she's enjoying spending time with Jay, but she doesn't believe in romance anymore. She had some things happen in her life that made her think that, you know, temporary is fine. Friends, that's fine. But like love is not a real thing. And and she's always waiting for the people in her life who love her to leave her. This book is absolutely delightful. It goes through a whole summer of different weddings, of different situations. There are a bunch of amazing Indian aunties who are very meddling and in your face, in your business, trying to match up everybody, like dragging men over to meet her. Like, oh, this man is great. He's from New York. He's my sister's cousin's, you know, co-worker's son or whatever. And like trying to match make everyone because they have every summer during met during wedding season they have this whole like you know who can make the most matches they have a competition going um this book has a hero who's quite tortured and um very uptight and very he needs to be dragged out of his sort of like routine existence and shown how to have fun and then we have zara who you know likes all the fun but needs to understand that she can actually be safe and count on someone to love her as she, you know, deserves to be loved and that she is deserving of a relationship that does last. This book is amazing. This author is amazing. Her books do not get enough um, hype on Goodreads. Um, Their ratings are low, which is really stupid. And I I loved everything about this book. I was like laughing out loud at two in the morning. It was such a delightful find. So this is The Singles Table, The Marriage Game, book three by Sarah Desai. I love her so much. I know. I didn't know how much I read her book, her books. I haven't read them yet, but they're on my list. The marriage game. So my first book involves meddling aunties. Oh, I know what you're going to talk about. (laughs) It involves dead bodies at weddings and just all of the like hilarious hijinks that you can imagine. This is Dial A for Aunties, 
Auntie's book one by Jesse Q. Tonto. And but this was, yes, this is my, one of my very favorite books of 2021. And the second book, which is Four Aunties and a Wedding, is <laughs> on the top of my list for 2022. Um, so this is the story of Madeline Chen. And she is part of this wedding planning family business. And it's her, her mom, and her three aunts. Now, a lot of her aunts have children of their own, but they have left the Bay. Uh, I think we're also in the Bay Area. Um, But they have left California and are not around, so they don't participate in all of these wedding shenanigans. Now, Medi, her mom, has decided that it's time that she found the perfect husband. And so she sets up a profile, unbeknownst to Medi, in her name on this like dating site. And her mother is essentially like catfishing people, pretending to be <laughs> Medi and setting up dates for her. So Medi is obviously very upset when this happens. And yet, you know, she's an obedient daughter. So she goes on this one date that her mom has set up and it goes terribly wrong because the guy is a total ass and he tries to assault her while they're on this date. She tases him. And as a result, he dies. So now she is stuck with a dead body and she doesn't know what to do. So she drives home and she tells her mom and her mom also doesn't really know what to do. So she decides that the best thing would be to ask her sisters. So Medi's aunts to help them solve this problem. But, you know, it's not really very easy to get rid of a dead body. Like people think it is, but it's not. And through a series of catastrophic circumstances, the body ends up traveling with them to this island resort where they are putting on a wedding over the weekend. So now not only are they trying to, you know, figure out what to do with this body, they're also working. So there's like many, many wedding guests, you know, there's all these things going on that are getting in the way of their, their plans to dispose of this body. Now, if all of this weren't enough, the man who owns this resort is Medi's like college boyfriend, the one man that like, she thought you know she could have a future with. So now she's you know, trying to figure out like can they get back together or is it better just to leave well enough alone, especially since there's so much chaos going on. Um, this is delightful. And it's delightful because it is ridiculous in the very best way. Like these things are not things that would happen in, in real life. At least I hope not, not in any kind of life that, that I have anyway. Um, but the way Sutanto writes them and just the, her phenomenal flair for bringing each and every character to life on the page is just astounding. And it makes this book so so much fun so once you read it 
you can dive right into for aunties and a wedding where the aunties go to London. And I will tell you that London will never, ever be the same once the aunties have been there. So <laughs> this is Dial A for aunties. Aunties, book one by Jesse Q. Sutanto. And this is another book whose ratings on Goodreads are far lower than they should be. So my next book this evening is The Wedding Plot, Mercy and Elvis Mysteries, book four by Paula Munier. So our main character is Mercy. She is a retired military, I think she was military police. And her sidekick is named Elvis. Um, and he's a former military dog. He um, worked with her former fiance who unfortunately died um, in battle. Ooh. And so she adopted Elvis and in the first books of the series, you get to watch them kind of working through their grief. And it's really interesting to see how Munir has like kind of explained how Elvis is feeling in a way that's not, I, I would think it's pretty, it's pretty accurate, I would say. Like it's not something kind of eye rolling or anything. Like it doesn't make Elvis sound kind of, floofy or anything so he's um he's actually a belgian malinois Ooh, a big and doggy. he uh, yeah and he's very smart he's got and it, like they often throughout the series they find different like they find dead bodies they find like drugs like he 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 uses his training from the military in their everyday life, as well as being like her support, like her backup. And he's always like watching out for her. So in this book, um, Mercy's grandmother, Patience, um, she's a veterinarian. I, was, I love, uh, this is another reason why I love this series, because not only is there a dog, there's also a veterinarian who you get to see a lot throughout the series. Well, Patience is finally uh, getting married to her longtime beau, Claude. <laughs> so Claude actually lives in Canada and Patience and Mercy and family all live in Vermont. So Patience and Claude have kind of had this long distance relationship for a really, really long time. And they finally decided that they're going to tie the knot. So they're going to get married at this like five-star in it's called lady slipper Inn. so they're gonna get married at this inn, and they're making it like a destination wedding so they're gonna have like these different things that are coming that are happening that leading up to the day of the wedding so mercy's mom's name is grace um she's very she's an attorney she's very set in her ways everything has to go the way that she wants them to go um, Mercy is never really fit into her mold, but Grace tries her best. She, uh, one day she calls Mercy and she says, the inn's spa supervisor has gone missing. 
So his, his name is St. George. Well, his last name is. And he's like the spa coordinator. And like one of the plans for the wedding party is that they're going to get to go and hang out at the spa. They're going to get massages. They're going to get to do some yoga. They're just going to like get pampered. So it's not really that great that St. George has gone missing. Because now it's kind of put a wrench into Grace's schedule. And that's not cool at all. So Mercy agrees to go to the inn um, ahead of time and to start looking for St. George. So her and Elvis, they set off to the inn and they start investigating. Well, instead of St. George, they discover a man who has been skewered with a pitchfork. Ah. I know. So, and the really, the thing, this is kind of like an aside, but St. George was actually like renting um, like small cottage on a goat farm. So I thought that was really cool. And it's like a goat farm where there's like, they make lots of cheese and all this stuff. So they're investigating and Elvis comes across, helps her find this, this body. And then they, they begin trying to figure out like, Hey, where's St. George? Like they got to find him because they're worried about him. And like, they learn things about the man who has died that make them a little bit suspicious that St. George isn't actually who he says he is. Oh. Um, so like things are getting heated between the families and then all of a sudden like Elvis comes running in to the place where they're or the families are all getting together and like Mercy's kind of like what the heck and Elvis kind of does these like motions with his body like like follow me like so she knows like he's trying to tell her something and like he's not one to listen, like not listen to her commands. Like she told them to stay at this cottage where they were staying. But so even if the door had just randomly opened, like he would stay there because he's very, very well behaved. So she knows that there's something up. So she follows him and he takes her back to the cabin or cottage where they're staying. And St. George is there and he's injured, he's been shot. So she gets him help. And then all of a sudden, like, while she's getting him help, somebody starts shooting at them. So they go, her and Elvis, they chase after the person. And just things keep going on, right? And we're learning more. Like, as we learn more about St. George, we're learning some of the connections that he has. And then you're also learning some of the connections that the actual, like some of the family members have with, with, with what's going on. And like, as I said, there's a lot of resentment and there's a lot of competition before, between the family members. So Mercy is trying to like help figure out things so that her grandmother can like have this wonderful wedding, but things just keep happening. Um, we also, as all this going on, we also get to see Troy and um, Susie Bear. Um, Susie Bear is a Newfoundland cross, and she's a she's a search and rescue dog. And Troy and Mercy are actually together, so we get to see them, and we get to see a lot more of their relationship progressing, which is really really neat. 
I'm going to leave it there. Um, I love, love, love this series. Like, as I said, like a lot of what Munier writes dog wise and stuff, I think it's very accurate and it's considered a cozy mystery because you don't see any of like the, like none of the blood and gore happens on the page. Like it's just kind of, you come across a man with a pitchfork, but you didn't actually see it happen to him. Like that sort of like the, the danger kind of happens on the page, but the actual injuries and like the kind of gross stuff happens off the page. So this is considered, as I said, cozy mystery, but I feel like it's a, it's more like, it's not as cozy as a lot of cozy mysteries. So this is the wedding plot, Mercy and Elvis Mysteries, book four, and it's by Paula Munier. My second book that I'm going to talk about is The Wedding Shawl by um, Sally Goldenbaum. And this is a series and these are the seaside knitters. They're from um, Boston and they get together and knit. And one of their members, Izzy, is getting married. So they are helping her knit a shawl for the wedding so that she can wear it down the aisle. Izzy is um, all excited because she gets to marry, you know, the love of her life. And meanwhile, her aunt, Nell, is doing some renovations and gardening for in, in preparation for the wedding and the guest. And she asked Claire, who's a gardener, to spruce up the gardens. Well, they find the hairdresser dead. So now they have to piece together who killed the hairdresser, Tiffany. And it goes through Tiffany's life and who wanted her dead. So the seaside knitters not only have to knit the shawl, but now they have to find the, the murderer. Um, meanwhile, while preparing for this wedding, this um, is a longer series. I have read this and they're, they're not your typical cozies, but this is a, a good book if you like um, the type of longer novels rather than like the Stephanie and uh, not the Stephanie, the, um, the, the Maggie Sefton books. Um, this is the Wedding Shawl by Sally Goldenbaum. So when Shannon brought up the idea of a wedding episode, I said, yeah, I'll participate if I can talk about the Spanish love deception yes. by Elena Armas, because this was one of my first books of 2022 that I read. And I still think about it. And there's one scene that I still think about that makes me cackle. It was just delightful. This book is about Catalina. She is, um, she's working in New York and she's from Spain. She has a very sprawling, big family back in Spain. And 
she's kind of told them that she has this amazing American boyfriend. And her mother calls her to let her know that her sister's getting married. And so she needs to come home to be in the wedding. The problem is Lena's ex, who really effed up her life, is going to be at this wedding with his fiance. And so, oh my God, she needs to find a fake date for this wedding, like stat. And how do you find somebody to take from New York back to Spain with you? It's not just like a little like hop, skip and a jump. It's like kind of a big deal. It's like, you know, it's, it's a multi-day sort of thing that you have to do. And while Lena's talking to one of her, her, her best work friend about this, she's overheard by her work nemesis, oh, Aaron Blackford. And Aaron Blackford is just, oh, he makes her so mad. And he offers to be your fake boyfriend. And she doesn't want to take him up on it. You know, she's like, oh, no, no, anybody but Aaron Blackford, you know, because just his very name makes her feel such wrath and anger and vitriol. Well, the closer we get to her departure, the more she realizes that, you know, he, he is her only option. And so she decides that she's going to have to bring him to Spain. After going on a couple dates as his fake girlfriend back in New York. So she goes to Spain with Aaron Blackford, her fake boyfriend, and things, you know, there's lots of wonderfulness. There's huge, messy family. There's, you know, fake dating. It's enemies to lovers. It's um, the only one bed trope, forced proximity, so many things. And while she's in Spain, watching Aaron interact with her family and more with her away from the office, she starts to wonder if maybe, just maybe, maybe she was wrong about Aaron Blackford. He is the most, I don't usually like cinnamon roll heroes. I like the dark sort of broody people, but he was such a lovely hero. And they had some laugh out loud moments that, like I said, I'll never, ever forget. That will still make me laugh probably in 10 years. Um, it's a book about, you know, going home and facing facing things that really wrecked your life and figuring out kind of how to move past them and how to still be with the family who loves you, you know, when they think you're sort of a broken person because of the things that happened in your past. It's one of the most delightful books I've read in 2022. I love it so much. I love everything about it, especially the enemies to lovers, fake dating, all of those things. So this again is the Spanish love deception and it's by Elena Armas. And I love it so very much. And if you haven't read it, if you like slow burn, if you like enemies to lovers, if you like cinnamon roll heroes, if you like close proximity or forced proximity, one bed, messy family, this book is all the things and it's for you. And the sequel is coming. I know. On September 6th, I cannot wait. Yes. (laughs) All right. So my next book is actually the third in a trilogy. Ooh. I know. This is Hurts to Love You, Forbidden Hearts, book three by Alicia Rye. This um, series actually starts with Hate to Want You. And I would recommend reading these in order, not because you won't understand like the romances if you don't, but because the series revolves around two feuding families. And so if you just were to start with this particular one, you wouldn't really understand like what led to the feud. I think to give some context, 
but you wouldn't understand like the full effect that all of these things have had on these two families. So our heroine is Evangeline Chandler. She is this very rich heiress, but she has kind of stepped away from the things that are super important to her family. And she's quit her kind of high-powered job, and she's now kind of adrift. She has had a secret crush on a friend of her brother's named Gabriel Hunter for a number of years. Um, But she kind of feels like, you know, he never has taken her seriously in a lot of ways. You know, she's like the little sister of his best friend. So, you know, he just kind of deals with her, but they've never spent a lot of quality time together. But Eve's brother is getting married. And so because both she and Gabe are in the wedding, they are forced together through this kind of week, week and a half leading up to the wedding. Like, obviously, they see each other before this. They have, you know, some conversations, some discussions, but they don't spend a lot of quality time. Well, now they are staying in the same house and there's all kinds of chaos going on around this wedding because this wedding is uniting these feuding families and some members of these families are not super thrilled about this. Um, And as I say, you kind of understand more about why this is if you've read the previous two books. But even if you haven't, like, you know that tensions are super high, both romantic tensions and other kind of not so pleasant tensions. So there's all these secrets that are kind of coming to light and people are finally being forced to really examine everything that, you know, kind of pulled these two families apart years ago and things are going to come to a head at this wedding. Now it's also very possible that things will come to a head in terms of a relationship between Gabe and Eve. But both of them kind of have to come to terms with their own reservations about this because Eve, everyone kind of views her as like the good girl until, of course, she walked away from her family business. And Gabe is like this rebel. Um, mm. He has a lot of tattoos. You know, he is the, the son of um, Eve's family's housekeeper. Ooh. And so, of course, you know, this adds kind of a, a class issue that they have to to overcome. Um, I really like this series. When I picked up the first one at the end of 2021, I, I wasn't sure if I would like, like it as much as, as Natalia um, told me I would, but I found myself really drawn in to book one and then I very quickly read the other two. So I highly recommend this. This is Hurts to Love You, Forbidden Hearts, book three by Alicia Rye. So my last book tonight is One of the Girls by Lucy Clark. So Lexi is getting married. Um, Her and her friends are off to Greece. Um, There's an island in Greece that they've gone off to. And before I get into the book itself, like the whole island is, if you really like, like hanging out on the 
beach, drinking cocktails, just kind of enjoying time with your girlfriends. Like this book, it totally, the way that Clark writes, you can, you can feel it. Like if that's your thing, you can definitely feel it. Like you can feel the sun, you can feel just the happiness of the friends getting together until, well, you'll hear when I get talking. So as I said, um, Lexi is getting married. She was always like the kind of the go-getter of the group. Um, she was actually like a backup dancer and she was always like in parties. So her friend Bella is the one that has arranged all this and they're all there for her hen party, which as I was telling Shannon earlier, makes me laugh because I personally have hens. And so whenever I hear hen party, it just makes me giggle. So that's just another aside. But so they're there for a hen party. Um, we've got five women. So there's Lexi and then you have her friend, Bella. They've been longtime friends. And Bella's partner, Sven. And then we also have Lexi's soon-to-be sister-in-law. I think her name was Elena or something similar. Um, and then we also have another friend named Anna. Um, Anna is somebody that Lexi met um, through her yoga studio. So like Lexi over the years has really calmed down and she's become a yoga instructor and she's very much into meditation and all these things. And each of the women, they are attending this party. We learn as we get to know them, they're each attending for a different reason. They all have their reasons and they're not always to there to support Lexi. So Bella, as I said, has been Lexi's longtime friend. Um, whenever Bella was ready to get out and do something, like she was bored, Lexi was always the one she could call and they'd like go out to the park, like go out to the dance clubs and all these things. So one thing that she's struggling with over this weekend that they're in Greece is the whole watching her friends settle down. So even though Bella has her partner, Sven, who is a great woman in her own way, Bella still struggles because she, she always loved Lexi. And so she's got her struggles. Um, we have Anna and Anna's got, you learn later on in the book that there's some connections between some people in Lexi's life and Anna. Um, and so there's a reason why she got to know Lexi. It wasn't just this, oh, she met her because she just happened to join her yoga studio. Like she found her and she joined. So there's a reason for this. Um, Elena, she's this very quiet person. Um, she's not really sure why Lexi invited her because she's not really one to go out and do stuff. She, um, she's very quiet. And as we learn more about her, we, we, we find out like why she is the way she is. 
because we learn about her relationship with her brother, who Lexi is going to be burying. As the cocktails start coming out and during some of the night swims that the women have, we start learning about the secrets that each of them have. And we learn about the motivations for them being on this island. And somebody is not going to be going home from this island. And that, my friend, is all I can tell you. So this is one of the girls, and it's by Lucy Clark. Lucy Clark writes these really awesome destination thrillers. I read one several years ago called A Single Breath that was set in Tasmania. Um, And I just, I really like her writing. I'm definitely going to be checking out more of her books. Like, I really, I really enjoyed this. My last book that I'm going to talk about is yet another series by Debbie Maycomer. And um, Debbie Maycomer likes to write um, feel-good books, what I call feel-good books, um, romance. and But this one is called The Blossom Street Brides by Debbie Maycomer. So we have Linda who wants her longtime boyfriend, Todd, to propose. She's been waiting and waiting and still nothing. And then she finds out her little sister is pregnant even before she gets a marriage proposal, which upsets her. Then we have um, Beth and Max. And Max is always working. Um, you know, he's trying to get his lawyer business off the ground and Beth wants to stay home and have a kid. And so, but then she's tempted by her ex because her ex will stop at nothing to get her back, even though she's married. And we have this third set of people in this novel, um, Lynette and her husband, Brad. And Lynette owns the knitting shop that these women have gathered together in um, to knit. And someone is dropping off scarves and balls of yarn and leaving them in the shop and everywhere that she goes, like outside the shop, in the shop, in the mail slot, everywhere. And so she doesn't know who is doing this and has to figure this out. This is a very neat little series and it just goes through the different characters, Lydia and her family and um, throughout the series. This is The Blossom Street Brides by Debbie Maycomer. Is it Kristen that likes this author as well? So Brooks talked about some destination weddings here um, on the podcast tonight. So I'm going to copy her and talk about a destination wedding also. So my final book of the evening is The Worst Best Man. And it's by Lucy Score, who Mm -hmm. to me is like the goddess of the rom-com. She makes me snort laugh, cackle laugh, get the church giggles, like all the 
time, all the time. So this book is about Francesca, AKA Frankie. And Frankie is the best friend of this sort of like New York socialite um, named Prue. And Frankie and Prue were college roommates who became like sister friends. And so even though the rest of Prue's wedding party is completely insufferable, Frankie as the maid of honor is going to make sure that she has the destination wedding of her dreams with her fiance Chip. So they're going to go to Barbados and, and have this like grand, like destination, like swank wedding extravaganza. But before they go, they have a final sort of like engagement party because they've already had like 17,000 like wedding events. And, you know, all these other people are like socialites and billionaires and all this stuff. And Frankie's just like, you know, she took on a second job so she could pay for all of her own like stuff in the wedding, like her $2,000 bridesmaids dress and like her, you know, her, her transportation to and from the wedding because, you know, surprise, she doesn't actually have like a private jet she can take to Barbados. Um, And so she's at this party and this is where she finally meets the best man who is this very buttoned up serious. um, I guess I like the buttoned up serious like heroes because I keep talking about them, but this one is like this billionaire (laughs) named Aiden Kilborn and he is watching Frankie dance and then turns away to make a comment to Chip, the fiance about how he thinks that woman probably um, knows what it's like to dance on a pole. Well, unfortunately, (laughs) right? And unfortunately, Frankie walks up behind him and that sort of sets the tone for their relationship moving forward (laughs) because what a douchey thing to say, right? Like, it's terrible. And so in Barbados, he keeps trying to be around her because even though she's not his type, he, he usually likes like the the type of woman that are the rest of the bridesmaids, the little like blonde twiglet, um, overly breast enhanced, um, you know, socialites who are just in it for a quick fling and not for anything else. But God, he's so drawn to curvy, frizzy, big haired, loud, opinionated, confident Frankie. He just cannot begin to like figure out why. But Frankie's only goal, Frankie's only goal while she's in Barbados is to make sure that Prue has the wedding of her dreams. And, you know, that gets a little challenging when her fiance is kidnapped the night before the wedding, but no one wants to write and no one wants to tell Prue that her fiance is MIA. So they're like making up all these stories between Frankie and Aiden about where he is and and getting him back (laughs) to the wedding in one piece. So as you can imagine, a significant amount of hijinks ensue from that. And so the first half of the book is all about the destination wedding, all about being in Barbados and, and the marriage and what happens and all of the, the caddy bridesmaids and sort of like the man child, you know, groomsmen and this red hot flaming attraction between billionaire Aiden and sassafras Brooklyn air, Brooklyn, what do you mean say Brooklyn girl, Frankie and Back home in the real world, that attraction is still simmering between the billionaire and the sassy Brooklyn girl. And then we meet her extra, extra over the top, extra family 
And that just adds a whole <laughs> level of fantasticness to the story. You see that, you know, Aiden might have more layers to him than we initially think. He may not be quite as douchey as we think he is. And this book is just delightful from start to finish. That's all I'm going to say about it. But this is The Worst Best Man, and it's by Lucy Score. And if you've never read Lucy Score before, she is so worth your time because her books are funny as hell. Her romance is smoking. Her sex scenes are sexy and hot and fabulous. And her supporting characters will make you cackle slash snort laugh and probably get the church eagles on top of all of that. So again, for the third time, this is The Worst Best Man by Lucy Score, and you should go out and read it now. I read my first book of hers a few weeks ago. I read um, Maggie Moves On. Oh, yeah, that was pretty good. It's not as funny as this one, though. This one's funnier than Maggie Moves On, I think. Didn't you read Black Bottom Girl, too? Oh, I did. I I love I forgot about that one. That one that was one. really good. I think that was my favorite of yeah, the two. Yeah, Rock, Bottom Girl, Rock Bottom Girl was my favorite book of 2020. And like, she's written other really, really great books since Rock Bottom Girl. But that that is my favorite. I needed it so bad when I read it. All right. So my last book is a little different because what if you went to a wedding that you didn't want to happen? Oh, oh dear. Yes. This book just came out this week. This is You're Invited by Amanda oh, yeah. Jayatissa. And if you've never read her, I highly recommend both this one and her first book, which is called My Sweet Girl. Um, but You're Invited is the story of Amaya. Amaya is not having the greatest time. Like things are just, you know, not terrible, but not fantastic. She has a group of friends, but they're, she calls them her, her brunch friends. Doesn't really feel like a, a deep connection with any of them. Years ago, Amaya did have a best friend and her name was Kavi, but something happened between them and they haven't been in touch for a number of years. So Amaya is super surprised when she gets an email from Kavi saying that she's getting married and she would really like it if Amaya could put the past behind them and come to Sri Lanka for her wedding. Now, what Amaya doesn't realize right away, but learns soon after, is that the man that Kavi is marrying is Amaya's ex-boyfriend Matthew <gasps> Spencer oh. yeah so now cool. no it's so terrible. now like she is kind of glad that Kavi reached out to her after all these years but she just can't have this like there's no way she can see her ex-best friend and her ex-boyfriend get married so she travels to Sri Lanka and is determined that she's going to stop this wedding somehow. Um, I can't tell you how she plans to do this. Um, I will say that there is a scene where a really, really, really fancy, like world-class, expensive wedding dress is thrown into a bonfire. (gasps) 
Um, but she is determined that she's going to stop this wedding you know, in, in whatever way she can. But then the night before the wedding, Javi goes missing and is presumed dead. And all signs point to Amaya as the murderer. Oh, ah. so we see the story like from the days leading up to the wedding like to you know the time when Kavi goes missing but interspersed throughout this that we see from Amaya's point of view we also see interviews with police officers with of like you know different wedding guests and people who were somehow connected to Kavi and Amaya so we get to hear like all these other perspectives like what do people really think of Amaya and why do they suspect her um this is excellent Jayatissa just writes such fantastic like propulsive thrillers um, My Sweet Girl had a little bit of like a supernatural bent, which um, You're Invited does not have. But her writing is just so immersive. Like she really makes you feel like you've traveled to these places where her characters are. Um, and you get inside their heads. And um, I interviewed her for the podcast a couple of weeks ago. And she was telling me that one of the things that she does so that she gets to know her characters really well is she writes like journal entries from their point of view so that she can really like understand, you know, who they are, how they think, like things they would say. And then once she feels like she actually knows them, she then, you know, starts like writing the actual book. Um, So I just, I really loved this for kind of the complicated female friendships, but also like this need to, you know, stop a wedding from happening. This is You're Invited, and it's by Amanda Jayatissa. If it's not already on my TBR, it will be added. Oh, yes. Yes. I love it so, so much. And that concludes our wedding episode of Book Bistro. Thank you to Brooke, Georgina, and Stacy. For participating tonight. Thanks as always goes out to Christine for all of her fantastic editing. And of course, we thank each and every one of you for joining us each week as we talk about great books. It is so hard to believe we are almost four years old. Wow. I know. So awesome. If you would like to leave us a rating or a review, you can do that on Apple Podcasts or any other platform that you use to access the show. Not only does it tell us what you think, but it also helps other people find us when they're looking for book-related podcasts. Um, It kind of advances us in the Google algorithm. So I will be back next Tuesday morning with an author interview and, of course, the guide to new releases. And some number of us will be back on Friday with more bookish greatness. Take care, everybody.